apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. It's two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not aren't even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio. And uh, we will get. We are getting to. We are at week three of the college football season, and the biggest story is those Colorado Buffaloes. They started two and zero. Deion Sanders off to a great start, and the biggest question is right now. We know TCU last year wasn't expected to do good, and they started to pick, and they started to surprise everyone throughout the season, and they eventually ended up in the national championship game. The big question is: Is could this be the same for Colorado? Could Colorado be? See, you see, with their with the winning in week one, and that dominant win against Nebraska. Can they be the TCU of last year? And I'm going to say no. I still think the schedule is just too tough with USC and with Oregon and with Utah and with Oregon State on that schedule. So I'm going to say no. But they do have they do have us talking about they, they they have done a great job being the lead story in college football. I definitely got to give them that. Oh yes, they have. They they, they definitely have. And I, I agree with you. They're not. They're they're not the TCU of last year. So that Oregon game, as you mentioned, next week. On DraftKings right now, the look headline is like 14 and a half. Oregon's a 14 and a half point favorite. So, like, that, you know, like, let's see their defense step up. I Like, in they faced maybe the worst quarterback in all of the FBS and um and Jeff Sims last week. Like, he he was horrible. Um, You know, he, he really helped out Colorado there. But, yeah, I'm still not sold in this, this defense yet. Um, We're going to find out a lot. You know, 
this is a big sandwich game this week. Colorado State rivalry. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm not sold yet on Colorado. Yeah, they've been a great story and you know, the chips on their shoulders and all that. Deion getting a prime for this, you know, and they've succeeded what I, you know, my standard or what they were gonna do and pretty much everyone else. But um, yeah, it's still not a this team's not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just the, the schedule is just a little bit too tough. Yeah, I mean, Travis Hunter's phenomenal. Shador Sanders is at a, is off to a great start, but yeah, still, it's, it, it's, 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 yeah, they're, 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 yeah, I would be surprised if they do make the playoffs. And they've still, they've came a real, real long way from one eleven to to this point. They've, they've came a long way. So yeah, I would, I, I would not be, I, I, I don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's again they've. People say they were one of the worst power five teams in a long time last year. And, you know, the bringing this whole new roster of 87 guys and to kind of work like it has so far has pretty much surprised a lot of people. So, yeah, you know, it, it's been very surprising start here. But, um, yeah, we're going to find out a lot about them when they face Oregon and USC in the next two weeks. And those are two games where you will not see much punting. No, 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 those are going to be interesting. Those are going to be very, going to be very interesting to see them match up with Oregon next week, and then use USC the week mm-hmm. after, and then Utah and Oregon State later in the year. It's going to be really interesting to see Dion. I mean, the game, the USC uh, Colorado game is the game of the year. Let's be honest. You get Caleb Williams going up against Dion's De- Colorado team and Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter. That's going to be the game of the year. Yeah, hopefully it's close. Well, maybe USC's defense. You know, they they should be able to put up some points. Yeah, that will be a. Uh... I'm very excited to see what that over-under is because I'd be very shocked that thing's not at, like, 82. Um, that, that's going to be an absolute shootout. Uh, yeah, we'll find out Monday what time that game will be. I would assume game day is going to be there. Oh, they got to be. Think they got to be. I think it's Fox's pick that week, too. So, it, Oh, imagine if that's a noon game. I think it might. Like, that's Fox's game. Or, yeah, I don't think they've picked one yet. Yeah, that I think it's Fox's first pick that has that week. So Wow. That could be a new game. Well, that would be crazy. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be a 9 a.m. kick. Nuts. That would be nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – yeah. Oh, that's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do because there are some deficiencies with this team. I think, you know, their defense – wasn't great in week in week one. I mean, they have 42 points last week. They struggled on offense. As Dion said, they've not put a full game together yet. But 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 us. But still, uh, they've been so impressive these first two weeks. No, they have. They've been very fun to watch. They got they got they got dudes. You know, Sanders, Travis Hunter. Um, you know, Weaver's been really good as well. The South Florida transfer. Um, they 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 get and then Dylan Edwards too, the number one overall recruit. Um. Yeah, they like they've been so impressive. It's just you know, we'll find out what happens when there's a couple injuries to this to you know up front, like because that offensive yeah, line they, they, just they has so no depth to it. Even on the defense, there's just not either. So yeah, we'll find out a lot. But yeah, Sanders is he's done a tremendous job. And like the one knock I kind of heard before the year, just you know, people that kind of saw him at Jack State was he wasn't a great X's and O's coach, and you know, he seems like he's done pretty good so far, but it is early. And Sean Lewis, you know, who's a great offensive coordinator. He was at Kent State, the head coach. And you've kind of seen what happened, you know, since he's left. You know, Sean Lewis is one of the best play calls in the country as well. Um, but, yeah, this Colorado team is fun to watch. Sanders and that staff has – they've done a great job. Again, this team prepared and, um, you know, motivated because, yeah, it's, it's been a shock to a lot of people. 
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And and they got another game this week. Uh, they got the rivalry game against Colorado State, and I don't think there's a problem in this game. I think they cruise. They win this one big. I, I got Colorado big in this game. 38-10, I assume you got the same. Um, This is the sandwich game here for, for the Buffs. You got a Colorado State team that – all right, last week you said Nebraska was going to play them tough. They did for a little bit, but Colorado won that one convincingly. You're not going to convince me that Colorado State's going to play Colorado tough. Well, uh, so the Buffalo, they've been all okay. Like, what's the chip on the shoulder this week? Like, what's the motivation factor this week for them? Because a lot of those kids are not from Colorado. Colorado State's got a lot of in-state kids that are coming off a bye who just got taken to the woodshed by Washington State. I think I'm not saying the Rams are going to win – but I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams cover right. this. If week. they can't beat Washington State, how the heck are they going to beat Deion in Colorado? I Washington State's pretty good, you know. I and I like the head coach Jay Norvell. I thought they had a couple really good transfer pickups, but I was kind of I thought the Rams would be better this year. They haven't so far, but they're coming off a bye here. And again, for Colorado, it's like, do you really care about Colorado State here? Like they're probably looking ahead to Oregon next week. Like they're. I could definitely see this being a look ahead where Colorado State kind of keeps this thing interesting for a while. And maybe the talent of Colorado takes over late in the second half and they find a way to kind of go on crew control. But wouldn't be shy to see the Rams uh, keep this thing interesting here for a bit. Yeah, but c- c- come on, come on. I mean, this is this is Colorado State against a mighty Colorado team that's 2 and up. So, yeah, I know there might be Colorado State players that played for Colorado last year. I don't know if there are or not. But still, I, I think this is going to be an e- – they're going to cruise, 38-10. It could definitely happen. It could. I'm just – again, they're still 18 to 20-year-old kids. The 22-year-old kids. What's your, what's your yeah. prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going to take the Buffalo here, 41-24. to 24. Oh, I do one? have them cruising, but I do yeah. think this game is going to be close for a while. I, I, gotcha. I think the gotcha. Rams play a lot better than they did against Washington a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow, wow. So, we'll see. We'll see. You got the rivalry game Saturday night on ESPN – but we gotta we gotta head, we gotta move down to the big noon kickoff game. That's between Penn State and Illinois. Illinois lost last week. Penn State is two and zero. I think this game will be closed for a little while. I do think the game will be closed for a little bit. I think that uh, Penn I think that uh, that, that Allen will struggle a little bit being on the road, first road game in the Big Ten. But in the second half, Penn State will pull away. Singleton will have a big game. Drew Aller will have a pretty big game too. I think their defense will have a good game as well. I got Penn State going to three and zero and one zero in the Big Ten, beating Illinois thirty four to seventeen. But Justin. We all remember what happened two years ago when Brett Bielema faced Penn State, had that nine overtime game. Can he beat Penn State for the second straight time? No, I get the Navy Lions, same score as you at 34 17. I've not, Illinois secondary is very young, and Jaden Daniels of Kansas last week absolutely kind of exposed them. Um, he had an awesome game. And I think you're going to like what I'm going to say. I think Drew Oliver now is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Because JJ McCarthy, come on. He doesn't he just hands the ball off. Yeah. And uh, Kyle McCordy really hasn't proven it yet. Yeah, no, I, I no. agree with you there with with uh with that with that comment about Drew Aller. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed. Like that West Virginia game, I thought he made some nice throws there on like third and long, you know, cruising at Delaware. But I, I think this is a game where maybe Illinois keeps this thing interesting, you know, early on, but um I don't know. They're running Illinois running game hasn't been great so far either. And that's what Bielma bread and butter. I you know. Illinois comes out plays hard, but yeah, I think Drew Allen and that Penn State offense just has enough. And I think that defense as well, Luke Altmaier, he might be the best quarterback in the West, but that's not saying a lot. Yeah, the West is absolutely it's, it's pathetic. Bad. It's yeah, pathetic. It is bad. That, the winner, you know, I it's, you know, whoever comes out of that may get killed by whatever three teams come out of the East. So yeah, this might get, you know, might be interesting for a little bit, but Penn State should, you know, take care of business here. 
in uh, Champaign. Absolutely, absolutely. We got another noon game. We got LSU traveling to Mississippi State. Mississippi State is 2-0. and LSU is 1-1. and I think this is actually a really close game. I think Will Rogers and uh, Jaden Daniels, I think they're going to go back and forth. It's going to come right down to the end. And I think that LSU wins it on a game-winning field goal. I got LSU beating Mississippi State 30-27. to But, Justin, can Mississippi State hand Brian Kelly and the Tigers their second loss of the season? Yeah, um, I want to pick the Bulldogs, but there's some culture issues going around right now in LSU. It does not sound like it's all, uh, you know, rainbows and sunshine like it was last year. Um, but I think LSU's got a little bit too much talent still. And Mississippi State, the problem here, too, is Zach Arnett, the D coordinator last year, took over from Mike Leach in the tragic situation last year. And he went total 180 from the uh, air raid. They're trying to be more of a grounded pound team, which I don't think works in the SEC West, especially when you have Alabama and LSU and Georgia's. It just doesn't work. Um, and, you know, I saw a tweet from CBS uh, College Sport, Tom Fernelli, and he was, you know, like last year, um, the first three seasons with Mike Leach, Mississippi State ran the ball only 25% of the time, and they averaged 51 pass attempts per game. So far under Zach Arnett, they've, they're running the ball 60% of the time, and they're only passing 23 times a game. So it's a total 180 from a team that's built the run the air raid. So I don't really like it. They still got Will Rogers, who's a solid quarterback, who could pick apart this LSU secondary. I just don't know how many chances he might get to do in this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be tough for Mississippi State, but I do think they're gonna move the ball. I do think they're gonna they'll, they'll move the ball in LSU. You saw Florida State do it. I think they will, and I, I think it's close. But I but yeah, I think I think uh, LSU wins wins close. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see Mississippi State win this one, but yeah, I just I don't I don't know. I think LSU's got a little bit too much talent. Yeah, I, I you know they they say they will move the ball. Uh, I think you know Dan, Daniels will make a. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make a couple more plays and we'll ride in this game. All righty. So we got another SEC matchup in Georgia as we got South Carolina and Georgia going at it. Uh, I think Georgia wins this and wins it by, by three or four scores. I think that they run the ball well. I think Beck has a pretty good game. I think Rattler throws a couple of interceptions. South Carolina really disappointed me against UNC a couple of weeks ago. I got Georgia winning at 34 10. And Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, this one's to be ugly. Um, if North Carolina got nine sacks against South Carolina, Georgia's defense is going to have a field day. They haven't been – I know you look at the scores and they kind of look 48-7 to over UT Martin and Ball State, 45-3, but I haven't been too impressed with Carson Beck, and they've gone off to some slow starts so far. So we'll see if Georgia kind of turns it on this week. But, um, look, you know, I just think it's going to be tough for Rattler to do much at all in this game. I thought even – under the rest that entire game North Carolina, Spencer Rattler actually played pretty well. Um, but in this one, yeah, this is gonna be ugly. I got Georgia win this one 38 to uh 13. This is not gonna be a fun day for the Gamecocks. Nope. We will talk about Alabama and them trying to bounce back from last week as they host uh, they go to UC, they go to UCF. I think this will be a blowout. I think Alabama wins this big. I think Milroy has a bounce back game, it's a big game. That's why I got Bama winning this big. I got Bama 41 to 10 over South Florida. Yeah, this one's going to be ugly. 45-14, I got the Crimson Tide rolling. You know, usually Saban likes to put a pounding on teams after a loss. South Florida had one of the worst defenses all of college football last year. Um, they're still kind of rebuilding it. They got a new coaching staff in here. Um, you know, they, they've they've struggled the first couple weeks offensively as well. They might put up some yards here, but, you know, they just there's just not enough talent there. I think Jalen Milrow, um, you know, has a, has a really good game passing and throwing, and, Maybe we see a Tyler Buchanan or a, a 
Ty Simpson, you know, two of the other quarterbacks of the, the Crimson Tide um, playing this game. South Florida is not going to be able to do what Texas did last week and kind of take them, you know, beat them over the top. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Got Minnesota heading to Chapel Hill to face North Carolina. And in this game, I think Minnesota keeps it close early, but I think eventually Drake May and the, and the, and the Tar Heels pull away and they win this by a couple scores. I think Drake May is a really good game. He's been playing really well for North Carolina. I got North – I don't even know North Carolina struggled last week. He's been playing pretty well for them. I got North Carolina beating Minnesota 31-20. Justin, though, can Minnesota pull off the big upset in Chapel Hill? No, I get the uh, Tar Heel win this one, 27-17. Yeah, you know, App State always plays the Tar Heels very tough. That's a that's a solid program down the Sun Belt. Always competitive. But, yeah, Drake May makes more plays against a solid Minnesota defense. Um, Minnesota's offense is a big work in progress. Their quarterback, they nicknamed the uh, Greek – gunslinger like you know from listening to coaching staff and all that like in the preseason too like they're kind of like yeah he's a year away and you could kind of tell he wasn't great against Nebraska they did enough against Eastern Michigan they ran the ball really well um but I I really like the progress North Carolina defense made um I think Minnesota makes some plays early offensively but there's just there's not enough and they'll have um you know Drake May will make enough big plays in this one and North Carolina will cruise to uh three now we got the Huskies of Washington heading to Michigan East Lansing this week. And I think Washington wins this game pretty decisively. I think Michael Pinnock has a big game. I think their defense forced a couple turnovers for Michigan State. And Michigan State, we know the issues with Mel Tucker. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think Washington wins this one pretty convincingly. I got to win it 31-14 over Michigan State. And, Justin, I assume you got the same. Oh, yeah, I love the Huskies in this one, 41 to uh, 17. I Michigan State secondary is still not very good. Their offense is still bad, brutal. Like, um, they played Central Michigan week one and had had issues there until the fourth quarter. They they were only up 17 to three. And I saw Central Michigan last week, pretty much that whole game play New Hampshire. New Hampshire had 560 yards of offense at FCS school. Just absolutely tear apart Central Michigan. So, yeah, this Michigan State offense has got some issues. They do have UConn transfer Nathan Carter, the running back, who's had you know a couple of really solid games on the ground, but Washington, Michael Penix Jr. is going to absolutely torch that secondary. And Washington secondary, you know, question marks, but Michigan State Noah Kim is not the quarterback that's going to take take him apart in the Miltecker situation. Um, you know, I will say he should have been suspended either day, December, or July, and I don't know why they wait till now. Horrible situation there, Michigan State botched. Another investigation. Oh, God. So, oh, God. What that a, athletic department has got some issues. Yeah, that athletic department's a joke. And uh, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the question I have. Do you think Mel Tucker will coach another game again for Michigan State? No chance. No. Really? It's um, over? Yeah, it's over. It's I. It's a back and forth thing. It's, you know, he, he said, she said. But the uh, court date is scheduled during Michigan by week on October 5th and 6th. That's where I would assume you're probably going to see him be officially fired they're probably just so they don't have to pay the buyout they're waiting for this court date to be official and after the court date so that he can't sue back to try to get any of that money back so yeah i i i think he's done and and if the statements are true which the investigation's closed so i would feel like the you know what's out there is probably true but you, you know you still never know it, he should he, you know he definitely should not be coaching another game um for Michigan state or any program anytime soon absolutely yeah, i completely agree with you there we'll wrap up uh college football talking about the these sec matchup on saturday night between tennessee and florida 
You've got Joe Milton in Tennessee facing Graham Mertz in Florida. And I think, you know, they keep it close early. The Swamp will be rocking on a Saturday night. But eventually, I think Joe Milton in Tennessee takes over in the second half, and they pull away, and I got and they force a couple turnovers from Graham Mertz because, as we know, Graham Mertz is not a good quarterback. He is not a good quarterback at all. And I got Tennessee beating uh, Florida thirty-one to seventeen. But Justin, can Mertz and the Gators pull the big ups, pull the upset, and and pretty much ruin Tennessee's season on Saturday night? I think they keep this in close. You're going to the swamp Saturday night. The biggest favorite Tennessee's been down there since like at least 1976. Like I think the biggest before this was like a two point. They were two point favorite. Like. And I think for Billy Bill Nate Billy Napier and this Florida team, like this is such a big game for them. Um, where I think they keep the same close. I'm not sold on Jill Mill and like their offense is very pedestrian. And they already had a players only meeting wow, team think- last week after the game, which raised a lot of you know. Um sorry, you, you got me again? No, I got you again. Yeah, um, I got you. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they already had a players only meeting last week, you know, which seems very odd. You know, the Vols did for being two and all. Like, the offense wasn't great. I'm not sold on Joe Milton. I think Grim Mertz makes a couple plays against his defense. Um, but again, Florida's got to be able to run the ball better. They, they you know, they struggled to Utah. They struggled last year when Anthony Richardson wasn't run the football. Um, but I think Florida keeps the same close. But I think Tennessee just got a little bit too much talent. I get the balls in this one 31 to uh, 27. Yeah, that that should be that should be an interesting game between those two teams. That should that should be a really really good game between those two. Two big rivalry game on Saturday night in the swamp. But the Yankees and Jason Dominguez, we won't unfortunately won't be seeing him till July. And which team has the better future, the Yankees or the Red Sox? But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at. Uh, JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no big... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go up and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, 
Call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Disappointing news for the Yankees after their walk-off win against the uh, Brewers on Sunday with their young star, Jason Dominguez. He now has a torn UCL, and he is going to be out until probably the start of at least the start of July next year. And it's a little disappointing because I was excited to see this guy play at the start of the season. And I was just thought with him, maybe with him and with Judge and improved DJ LeMayu and Anthony Rizzo. And I thought, I thought maybe this team would, would, would be decent next year. I thought that maybe this team would get a wild card, but I think this is definitely going to be a loss for this team. Yes. They still have Espinosa Florial that can play center field, but I think this is going to be a big loss because this was the guy in that lineup that, that could, that could hit. This is that, this was that third guy in that lineup with Judge and Stanton. So this is a little bit disappointing. A, 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 this is a little bit of a setback for him, but I hope he comes. I definitely hope he comes back from this because he got off to such a great start uh, to his Yankee career. Yeah, it just has an end for the Yankees this year. It's kind of been one bad blow after another, and you know they've been playing better. And yeah, Dominguez was a huge part of that kind of winning streak. And yeah, um, he's been so fun to watch. The four home runs and seven games he had, like he burst on the scene, and he was not phased by all the expectations he had. And yeah, I was excited to kind of see him full season next year. You know, how's he doing in the middle of the lineup now that kind of teams have seen him and have more video on him? Um, but yeah, they kind of missed him, you know, for the first couple of months, probably. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough blow because uh, you know, right now in this lineup, you got Judge, you got LeMayhew, you know, like that's about it right now that you kind of feel confident about. Like, is Glaber here next year? Like he's a free agent after next season. So, like, you know. If the Yankees don't want to resign, you feel like they probably trade him this offseason. So, you know, it's, you know, so you're not even sure if maybe Glaber's here next year. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And he's a guy that was going to hopefully, you know, be the centerpiece of this team, you know, to start next season. But, yeah, you know, unfortunately won't won't be there. Hopefully, you know, hopefully May or June. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm thinking July. I'm thinking July at the earliest. I think they said like I think they said like seven to nine months. So yeah. I'm thinking what, July. Harper came back in what late May, early June. I think it was. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah. But it's just it's 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 just, yeah. it's just it's just a tough blow. It's just a tough blow for this team. And this this could have been a guy that could help this team be in contention in the first half. And if he misses most of the first half, this team could have trouble be, being in contention because we know obviously we know they won't be in the playoffs this year. But next year, this definitely could hurt them from being in mm-hmm. contention next year. Yeah, they definitely could because, yeah, now you got to kind of figure out center field now for a little bit. And, you know, do you throw Judge out there? Um, you know, IKF, I think it's going to be a free agent. I don't know if he's on the plans to be resigned or not. But, um, yeah, so it's something where, yeah, you, you're going to miss a kind of big hole in this lineup and somebody that was going to have huge production. Yeah, really, you know, all these rookies, I think, kind of helped jolt this team because they have been playing better since they all got caught up. And, yeah, Dominguez, who so far looks like the best one, yeah, going to be out for a while um you know or meet for the first half of next year yeah it's a, it's a really tough blow in it yeah it, you know it stinks um they kind of have the first week that he did and now it's like all right now you don't you know now we won't get to see you for another you know seven to nine months and yeah it's a tough blow absolutely 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 now getting to the yankees and the red sox we know these teams are not making the playoffs yankees swept the doubleheader yesterday i don't want to hear these these fans these bull teams saying, oh we're not mad back eliminated you're eliminated get over it mm-hmm. so uh the, the big question is is who has the better future right now the yankees or the red sox very hard question very hard question but we've talked about this about these yankee young core about you know jason dominguez uh austin wells uh the, with uh peraza Pereira, the guys they brought up 
I think, you know, I think, you know, eventually Dominguez is going to be good for this team. I think Wells is going to be good for this team. I think Peraz is going to be good for this team. I think Pereira could even be good for this team. I think, I, I, I do think that the Yankees ha- have a decent future going forward. And for the Red Sox, it's, it's hard for me to t- tell because it's hard for me to tell. The team I would say would have the better future. It, it, it all depends on one thing, what the Red Sox do with High and Bloom. If High and Bloom is gone, I'm actually going to say the Red Sox because I think just offensively they're they're right now a better team than the Yankees. But, but because I think if High and Bloom goes, they're going to get a GM that's going to get pitching to 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 to, to go with that offense. But if High and Bloom stays, I think it's going to be the Yankees because of the young talent. I know it's unproven, but the young talent they have. So I think this question depends on what High and Bloom, whatever what the Red Sox do with High and Bloom. If they keep Bloom, I'm going to say the Yankees. If they don't keep if they don't keep Bloom, I'm going to say the Red Sox. Yeah. I think I'm going with the Red Sox, you know. Even with well as, even with that fool up in the front office, yeah, because I think all they need is pitching. Like that, like you mentioned, that lineup's good. You know, they'll get Duran back too next year. Casas has had an awesome second half of the year. They already got Devers signed, you know, for the next decade or so. Story's been struggling offensively. You feel like, you know, hopefully next year for his sake and the team's sake, he'll get it going offensively next year. And you have Alex Coy as your manager. Like, they're back in the bullpen. Martin's still signed through next year. You got Jansen. You still got Winkowski. Like, those are three guys you can rely on late in the game. And, again, like, they just need the pitching. And there's not a ton of yeah, it. But, ha- but haven't we said this since High and Bloom has gotten here? They just need the pitching. They just need the pitching. They just need the pitching. It's been four years. Where has the pitching been? They haven't gotten outside of Bellow. Who have they developed? Who's the prospect yeah, that's came in? Much. Who is he? Who is he went out and signed? Pretty much nobody. No, no, because no, don't say yeah, because don't him. say Evaldi because Evaldi was still yeah, on the team. There. Yeah, he was already there. Yeah, you know, like how been okay? Been, like, no, I think how has been terrible. Look at his ERA; it's, it's garbage. It's not. Yeah, he's showing it's coming off the IL. Whitlock's been very hit or miss, but he's been kind of mostly bullpen of late. So. Yeah, if you can get if they, you know that's the thing. Like, do they go out and spend? They're under the luxury tax. So you would think they would go try to go sign somebody that's off. You know, that's a thinking. But yeah, like, I don't, you know, feels like nobody really knows what's going to happen to Heinblum this offseason. But I have to imagine if he somehow comes back, they, you know, that, that ownership group kind of goes, you got one chance, but you get, we, you got one season here. We got to make the playoffs. You would think he would go out and sign pitching. You would think. So that's why I just right now, even, even if he does come back, I feel like this offseason they do go out and go get pitching. And you know, I, and I, I just don't, I, I just don't trust the fact he's going to go out and get pitching. I don't trust the fact he's going to he's going to make the right moves to put this team in in, in in contention with the AL East. He had a he had a major chance at the deadline to get a get a, get a Verlander, get a Scherzer, get a Giolito, get a pitcher in here to get this team to the to get this team uh, to the playoffs, to help get this team to the playoffs. They had just beaten the Braves two games at Fenway Park, and they were like not, not entertaining games over, uh, over 500. Mm-hmm. Now they're one game under. They got swept to the Blue Jays. They got swept to the Astros. Astros, this guy has done a terrible, terrible, he did a terrible job at the trade deadline improving this team. He sold to the fan base, oh, we got Chris Sale, and we got Corey, we got Chris Sale as a reinforcement. Chris Sale's been garbage. You we have we have Hauk as a reinforcement. He's been garbage, too. So I just don't trust that this GM is going to get it done. I really don't. And he needs to be, he needs to be fired. He absolutely needs to be fired. No, he does. It's going to be interesting if they do it. I don't think anybody really, it seems like it sounds like more the lingo of he will be, but it's up to the, like, I don't, you know, 
because nobody knows that the ownership ownership group actually does like that he's not spending money. Like, and that's, that's the, the thing. thing. I think that's knows. the thing is the ownership group probably does. The ownership group is probably even a bigger issue than him because since they won that World Series in 2018, they probably didn't want to spend money. That's why they got rid of. That's why they got rid of Dembrowski, which was one of the worst moves. I think that's the worst mm-hmm. move that ownership group ever, ever made. Even worse than firing Francona because they won the World Series two years later. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's one of the. Yeah. It's one of the worst moves because yeah they they haven't been great. You know. You know, Heim Boone had, had like the one year there where they got the playoffs. They got fluke. the LCS. That's a fluke. That, that ALCS year is such a fluke. It's such an outlier. It's such a fluke. They got off to a great start. They were an average team in the second half of that year. Then they won that wild card game against the Yankees, got hot against the Rays in that series. But then the Astros completely exposed them in the ALCS. Yeah. No, they absolutely did, you know. But like that that year, he went out and got a college forward. That was a huge help. But yeah, he yeah. never re-signed him for whatever reason. Um but yeah, you know, and I think that's the thing. And you know, with this ownership group too, like they have so many more businesses now. It's kind of seems like maybe the Red Sox have kind of been put off, you know, a little bit. You know, like before, you know, before where that was kind of their main thing. But what don't they own one of the soccer teams over in England now? They're trying to get a, they're trying to get, or they did sign LeBron James, I think, to try to get a team eventually in Vegas, an NBA team. So you know, like, and they may even have a share now of the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, too now, like. They have so many more businesses that it feels like, you know, they're kind of, you know, not as important as they once were, I guess. So, yeah, that that's the big question here with that ownership group, um, you know, but I, I still think I, I do like their future a little bit because I have to imagine he goes out and gets pitched. I know it doesn't because I would think he would have to know, like, all right, we have to make the playoffs next year if he comes back with think that's his main priority this offseason is get pitching because you don't have to do anything else to that lineup you need pitching absolutely without without a doubt you need pitching because your pitching is is, is is poor your pitching is terrible you absolutely you absolutely need it it's the reason why you're not in this race right now it's the reason why you've fallen out of this race it's the reason why you got swept to houston you got swept to toronto at home so yeah you definitely need pitching and listen i'm not saying brian cashman shouldn't go either brian cashman should should absolutely be fired but we know this organization the yankees they're not gonna they're not gonna do it of course they're not gonna do it but yeah, but 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 yeah, the, the, the two changes that clearly have to be made by both teams. The Yankees they need a new manager. The Red Sox they need a new GM. If the Yankees don't get a new new manager next year, I think it's going to be more of the same for them. If the Red Sox don't get a new GM, it's going to be more of the same for them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, like the Yankees again, that whole lineup needs reconstruction. The the rotations, you know, is good. Well, I don't really trust Rondon right now. Like you know, they're still little bit question there. You still got Cole who's going to win the Cy Young more than likely. Um, but yeah, with the Red Sox, you know, the only position where you could kind of say, you know, in the lineup where maybe they need help is second base, but that's one spot where the Yankees kind of have multiple different holes. And now if Dominguez is out, center field's kind of a hole for the first kind of half maybe. So yeah, you know, both teams right now, you know, I saw two on the um, Nesson broadcast the other day. This is the first time since 1976 where both the Yankees and Red Sox are going to finish you know, second to last and last place, you know, in the division. So what do you mean 75 or no, or 74, 75, 76, probably 74. Cause 75, the Red Sox made the world series 76. The Yankees didn't. It's probably 74. Okay. So maybe it was 74. I thought, okay. But it was somewhere around the seventies there where, yeah, like it's a very odd thing for these two fan or franchises to be at the bottom of the barrel. Like they have this year. So yeah, next year, you know, maybe the future's a little bit brighter, but yeah, you know, I feel like the Red Sox maybe, you know, Feel or a little better spot right now than the Yankees are. 
And the reason both are at the bottom of the barrel is management. It's management. Management has made poor, made the Yankees made poor decisions going into this season, going into this offseason. And the Red Sox, obviously, you know, they made some good moves getting Yoshida and getting Justin Turner, but they're tr- but they didn't improve their rotation and their trade deadline was horrific. Horrific when they had a chance to make this. And again, they had a chance to make this a fun September in Boston and High and Bloom completely ruined it for them. Ruined yeah. it. Yeah. Especially because you could have won some games there when Texas was absolutely in a downslide. Um, you know, like you could, they didn't really take advantage of that, you know. And, you know, Toronto's kind of been up and down all year. Like, I know they started to play a little bit better a couple weeks ago, but like, yeah, they, they had opportunities here to try to gain some ground and try to get one of those wild card spots. And yeah, with what they did this, um, the trade deadline was very surprising. And, you know, I've said a couple of times, never, you know, Never said it too. Like everybody knows, we need pitching. You know, they never did. And Cole was wearing a shirt at trade line, like, like you know, we believe or something, or like we're the underdog. You know, like something that Heim said. You know. Oh like, God! Oh please, like, stop it with him. You know why the reason you're the underdog? Because you haven't put the talent. You haven't yeah. gotten the talent out of this on this team. That's the problem. And of course, you know, you know, back in 2020 when he didn't want. You remember his comment when he didn't want to sign Mookie Betts? He said, "Oh, yeah. oh we we weren't equipped to win with him after you won the World Series two years before that." It's just everything he says yeah. makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not a favorite among the uh, Boston Boston faithful. He's, oh, I he's bet. Not. You know, I oh, was I telling bet. a couple I weeks bet. ago, the, the AI robot they got at, at a WEI during, during, during the show. So they'll, they'll uh, you know, when they talk about him, they'll, they'll bring him up, and it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so he's not, a, he's not a fan favorite up there. And, you know, there's definitely, I think, some pressure of getting him out of town. So we'll, we'll see if that ownership group does it or not. They, 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 yes, I think they need to. I, they will be much better going forward if they do. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about week – we'll be back next week talking about week three of the NFL season and a big, big, big week four of the college football season. So have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.